0: Thank you. You're listening to the Make Sheik Happen Podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ursta, where we navigate the messy middle of building a business and all the work that goes into designing a life you love. Melanie Mitro built a seven-figure network marketing empire while working at the kitchen table, raising her boys and trying not to lose her mind. Melanie loves chatting all things marketing, time management, and leadership development. Katie created the foundation of her seven-figure business while teaching full-time, battling cancer, raising her boys and avoiding all things laundry katie's got you covered with social media storytelling and impact driven income we're building a business right alongside you giving you the inside scoop to the reality of entrepreneurship the good the bad and the really really messy middle we're not letting you build your business alone pull up a chair grab your coffee and let's make chic happen now here's your hosts melanie and katie
1: Hey everybody! It is Melanie Mitro of the Make She Happen podcast, and I am so excited about the episode you are about to listen to. I have had the best time hanging out with Jamie Gordon, who is a transformational life coach. That you know how awesome Instagram is; it connects you with people that have common interests and common communities. And so, Jamie and I have. know, connected on the Instagram land. And so in this episode, it's actually the first time we are connecting um, face-to-face here through Zoom. And I am interviewing her about the Enneagram. And Enneagram for me is something I'm super curious about, passionate about, have really begun to implement in my business, but also we use it here at Chic Influencer when we do private coaching, small group coaching. And the Enneagram really helps us to mentor our people according to their personality styles. So let's dive in. Today we're going to talk about all things Enneagram to help you help your people get the most out of the experience working for you and with you so you can all achieve the common goal together. Hey guys, I am here with Jamie Gordon today and she is a transformational life coach and she works with other individuals to really help them break through barriers that they may have to help them achieve just their lifelong, you know, business goals or life goals to just really help them live a healthy and fulfilling life. And I love it because as I was kind of diving through your content, the one thing that really spoke to me the most is really do work with people who have anxiety and that is like me to the T. So I think that I really just resonated with your content. So Jamie, we're excited to have you here today. Will you just kind of tell us a little bit more about you and how you got started as a transformational life coach?
2: Absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me. I have been doing the coaching thing just since March of 2018 I was going through like a transitionary time of wanting to do something different with my life. And I started working with another transformational coach and I fell in love with the process. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I actually started working with doing a blog, which I totally <laughs> don't do anymore, but it led me to transformational coaching. And what I love about transformational coaching opposed to just, um, life coaching is that it's about creating something new in your life. It's not like more, better, best, which I don't know about you, but that can feel like a lot of pressure and an invitation for shame, whereas transformational is just about creating something new. And when I stumbled across the Enneagram, I fell in love with it because it gave, us, gave me so much insight into other people's like internal world and so much perspective that I think most people don't know. And it can cost them emotionally or it can be like a huge, huge benefit.
1: That is so true. So how did you originally stumble upon the Enneagram stuff?
2: I think it was just someone had recommended a book by Ian Cron. It's uh, The Road Back to You, and it's my favorite. I've read others that are a little bit more academic, but this one is a great overview. It's super easy to read, and if you love Audible, he's got a dreamy reading voice, which I don't know about you, but a bad reading voice like makes or breaks a book for me.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So what did you do before you were a transformational coach?
2: Well, before I was a transformational coach, I worked for my husband's business and I was designing photo albums for professional photographers. He has a company that makes books. And so I was doing that. It was a little bit of a creative outlet and I have three children at home and it was a flexible schedule that was awesome. And as soon as my kids started to go to high school, I realized, oh my gosh, momming is not a forever job. Being a mother is but not mom. And so where I was like, what am I? I want to not just wake up one morning and go to lunch every day with the ladies. Wasn't really going to fill my cup. And so I decided to start something that I could start part-time and like moving on up yeah. and it's kind of gotten bigger than I thought it would.
1: <laughs> really? That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, I kind of want to dive into the, the area of expertise, your specialty, right? That, and that is the thing. And I'll just give you a little backstory as to why I really love talking about the personality styles and why I've kind of gravitated towards Enneagram myself is when I started my business way back in 2011 early on i realized that not everybody was wired like i was and i realized that after actually getting a series of just negative feedback from people so not just members of my team but clients that i was working with in my customer groups and i got a couple of times of you know melanie you're great at what you do but you're way too intense and i just can't be all or nothing mindset like you and so after a couple of these experiences somebody actually recommended it was personality plus was the book by Florence Littauer and so i remember sitting on a beach towel in the backyard with that book and a highlighter and my kids were playing in the grass uh in a and they they had like a little water table so they were playing in the water table and i was reading through each personality style and i was categorizing all of my people and it was the First experience where I the first moment I've sort of had this aha moment where I realized that not everybody is motivated the same way that I am. Not everybody wants the same goals, you know? And so it really has helped me in my business. And and more recently, the Enneagram has been around for a while, but more recently, you know, this has kind of become what everybody's talking about, but I really want to help people today understand what it is, but also be able to give them some tools and strategies for how to actually work that into their business and the way that they work with other people. So I kind of want to go through what is the Enneagram um, and just for people that don't know, kind of walk them through what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So, the Enneagram is just a personality model. It is not gospel. It is not perfect. It's useful. That's it. Your personality is a de- like it's developed as we grow up based on like hurts, fears, that sort of thing. And how we cope with it develops our personality. So, in the Enneagram, there are nine types. Each nine types is broken down into actually a few more, but we're just gonna go with the nine types and I'm gonna explain. So each type has a motivating uh, thing that they really want and there's also a thing that they really don't want, right? So they have like the fear and the, like what they wanna hear. So each type has a name. So like type one is a perfectionist or the performer. They really wanna be good. A type two is a helper and they really wanna be loved and needed. And a three is an achiever or a performer. And well, that really kind of explains why they want to look good. The four is the individualist or the romantic. They really want to be unique. They want to be special. The five is the investigator or the observer, and they really want to feel capable. Not having the answer is not the worst fear for them. Mm -hmm. The six is the loyalist, and the loyalist really wants certainty. They also want it to be mastery and understanding. So really it kind of comes down to like certainty, predictability, not being like left with something bad happening. Mm-hmm. The seven is the enthusiast and they really want to have fun. Being trapped by their pain or feeling something uncomfortable feels like death to them. The eight is the challenger or the protector and they, they just want to be in protection. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be hurt. They want to be in control. And the nine is the peacemaker and they really, really want peace, hate conflict. I'm a 9. Yeah. So those are the basic personality types and in the Enneagram how it differs from other personality models which is why I love it and why I think that it has regained popularity is that unlike other personality models the Enneagram gives you more access to what trips you up.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
2: your blind spots are. Where what motivates you to do something. So you can all have the same thing like people don't have to Uh, like a stereotypical one is going to have an immaculate car. Well, you can be a type seven with an immaculate car, but the motivation for that immaculate car is different. For the one, it's good. It's right. That's the right way to do it.
0: For a seven,
2: it's because not having a clean car may cost them fun down the road. So the motivation is really what drives the behavior. That's really important when you're talking about being able to understand that not everybody's internal world looks the same. Yeah. So it's like, we're all walking around with like different color sunglasses. I'm looking through my, you know, green sunglasses and I'm like, look, everything's green. And you're like, no, what do you ta- You're crazy. Everything is purple, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at you going like, no, it's green. Why don't you see that it's green? And you're like, you were insane. I don't know, right? And so then there's stalemates, misunderstandings, miscommunications. And of so being like, oh, that actually makes sense when I look at it from your perspective. Yeah. So the, the personal communication, the roadblocks that happen And really, it's not so much about the other person. It's about our own personal growth where we can go, oh, why does this feel so heavy for me? Why is this causing me anxiety? We're looking at um, what your basic fear is. We'll tip you off onto what thoughts you need to kind of bust through.
1: I love that. I love that so much. And that stuff intrigues me because when you can figure out why the other person is responding the way that they're responding, you can adjust your response or you can take the personal out of it. You know, like there's so many different ways that you can really kind of look at this. And, and I think for a long time, not being somebody that ever did personal development, I just never knew that existed. I, I just thought everybody thought the same way that I did. Everybody was motivated the same way that I was motivated. And it was kind of a smack in the face when I realized, oh, there is another way out there. I've just been sort of living in my own little bubble for so long.
2: Absolutely.
1: It's amazing just having a little bit of information
3: mm-hmm.
2: about yourself, what you change, you know, because if you keep coming to the table with the same ingredients, you get the same recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So if you same argument over and over again. But if you go like, oh, you know, I'm really... Feeling a lot of tension right now because I'm really afraid of the conflict. Okay, so if I know that about me, that's my normal me. What am I actually feel conflict about? Right, I get to change my ingredients, right? So I can get more of the result that I want, not in a way to manipulate, but to be
1: in ownership over my what I contribute. I love that. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they are saying, "I need to start. I need to understand what." the Enneagram is, where would you kind of direct people to? Because you can Google search and all kinds of things pop up.
2: So like, I think if you can read the book, The Road Back to You by Ian Cron, start there. Mm -hmm. If you are like, I don't have time for that. No, thank you. I just want to know what number I am. I recommend either Googling for free tests. You can also go to like the Enneagram Institute.com and pay $12 for their tests. And it's a, it's a fairly good test. Their, their wing information is usually incorrect, but that's just because of how the computer's Spitting out gotcha. information, but you can find out your primary number pretty easily. Just
1: mm okay. test. Mm-hmm. We do that. We actually have everybody that is an employee of Chic take the Enneagram because we want to know how everybody kind of works, you know, coming into the situation. So I could, that kind of leads into the next thing. The next question is really, how can people use the Enneagram effectively when it comes to business and business partnerships or working with your team?
2: So I think knowing your number, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing you is the beginning of like transforming you, right? You have to know yourself to grow yourself easy cliche, but it's true. Right. First being in ownership of yours, but also be in awareness of somebody else. So let's just say I am a one and I really need things to be right. Because to me being, if it's not a hundred percent right, it's a hundred percent wrong. And the amount of shame that I would keep on myself would be a lot. Right. So if I know that about myself, there's a lot of like self-talk that I can do. There's a lot of like shifting that things don't need to be perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I also knowing that if I'm a one and there's a right way to do it, there might be a propensity for me to do other people's work because it needs to be perfect, right? So if you have a coworker that is a one and is doing the lion's share of the work, you can act like, hey, this doesn't have to be perfect. Like, it de- like this is what I'm looking for. So a number one really wants parameters explained. This is exactly what I want. This is exactly the time that I need it by. And this is exactly how I want it presented.
3: Okay. It's
2: so like knowing what they want them because they know how to operate within that. They feel very comfortable. So like a type two is a great right-hand man. So if you are someone who has, I'm going to pair up a seven and a two would be a great pair for a work environment. So a seven is great visionary because they're not tied down by pesky things like this may not work out. They are able to dream and they can spot patterns. They're really great at spotting patterns and coming up with like workflow. Implementation is not their jam.
1: Okay. Like
2: feels like they're being tied down and so you might go like why can't they just finish something why won't they just follow through they get 90% done and then they're out I don't understand letting them focus in on for them their own personal work is to be able to focus in on one thing and complete it knowing that how they procrastinate has more to do with um, some of their basic fears and then just but a type two who loves helping people and who's great at details like pairing them together could be a good fit now a type two they really want to be loved and needed, but sometimes that wanting to be loved and needed can turn into um, helping so much that so they don't have time for their own stuff mm-hmm. and, and where they don't voice what they need because it's a great fear for them to have to actually voice a need that they even have needs that comes from part of their personality development that, that feels wrong and then you can end up getting a, an explosive too because they will let it build, 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 build and then explode it out. They use So on the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. the little two moves to eight in stress, meaning they'll use the anger of an eight to express what they're feeling, which makes sense, right? You hit your boiling point. So here's another one, the sixes, but your business partner is a six. Yeah. And for a six, the analysis paralysis can be a real thing. Not all type six. There is one sub type of six, not an issue, but generally there is the analysis paralysis in that they want things to be certain. They don't want something bad to go wrong. And so they think through every little thing. Now, having a six on the team is essential for business mm-hmm. because they need people who smell smoke. Like, hey guys, you smell that? House is burning. Everybody grab your stuff and get out. That We want a six on a team. But where they get paralyzed by their fears, you can help them by putting it back into instead of like, the nebulous of chaos and options in their head, getting to like, what do you need to know to feel comfortable about this decision? Mm-hmm. What do you need to find out in order to move on this thing? At what point are you going to make a choice about this? Because a six will say, I'm working on it. And what they mean is I'm thinking about it. And to them, thinking about it is the same as doing it. So mm-hmm. from someone who is a three, who mm-hmm. can just out stuff, you don't get sidetracked by the analysis process. You make a decision, charge head first and go. And which is great for productivity. Where the three runs into some trouble is like you mentioned, some interpersonal stuff of like, doesn't everybody just want to work 10 hours a day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why are your feelings hurt? Like I meant that to encourage you, that sort of thing. When really the, the three, the desire to be productive and to to get stuff done. That swoosh on the to-do list feels so fantastic that the feeling of not putting that swoosh on, it feels like a garbage day. I'm a garbage human, right? So like for the three, the productivity is linked to the worthiness. So a lot of the the work that I do with threes is not actually producing anything. A lot of the threes come to produce joy and contentment, to slow it down and to know that their worthiness comes from Something they don't need help with productivity. Yeah,
0: Love that part.
2: Right, right,
1: totally, totally. It's funny because we've just like had this conversation where it was like analysis, 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 and I was like, I hate loose ends. I hate loose ends. We need to check something off the box. And I was like, I have an eye twitch. I can't sleep at night. Like we have to talk about this. And we literally just I had this
0: conversation.
2: Years are getting triggered, and yeah. they're both just as terrifying. Like for you, for different reasons. Yeah. And for her, different reasons. Yep. And that's really, I mean, if you're in any sort of relationship you've experienced, it, especially a marriage relationship, a working partnership, mm-hmm. you're going to be pushing on that fundamental pain point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But once you understand it, and that's the power of. All of the work with the Enneagram is when you know why somebody is acting that way and you know that's related to who they are, you adjust your sale accordingly. So, you know, I go into a meeting with, I think through all of the options. I really like do my due diligence. I've learned that I can't just go in with a random idea, And expect that it's going to get done because we know we have to talk about it. So I, I've learned, I've learned that there's a process involved, but I've also learned that maybe where I acted fast and made bad decisions that no longer happens because I've got that six to really think through every single possible scenario. And so it ends up being a well-oiled machine when you, when you look at it that way, right? Because we're playing on each other's strengths and not saying what's wrong with you. Why can't you make a decision? You know, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. And if you can actually look at it, like this is actually invitations for my healing. Every time I get poked in that painful place, it is more of healing wanting to happen. And we get to choose, do we step into it and Mm -hmm. investigate what's going on for us and bring some more healing and awareness? Or do I want to just make the other person bad,
1: broken, and wrong because they're really pissing me off? Yeah. Yeah. And you really, and that's not it. It's like everybody has different glasses that they're wearing and we just have to respect that. Absolutely.
3: Hey, what's up, everyone? All right. I'm taking a minute to totally interrupt. I know, kind of rude, but I just wanted to let you know about this sort of secret weapon that Melanie and I have when it comes to generating, organizing, and all of the kind of business needs we need like a boss. And let me be honest with you. We are obsessed with this. No, we don't. We just love, 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 love. Kajabi. And if you haven't heard of it, it's kind of like this one-stop shop when it comes to all of your digital business needs. So it handles email marketing, course creating, lead tracking, automating, form embedding, drip campaign converting product, digital product, housing, and most importantly, it's just about simplifying our already crazy business running. So I don't know exactly what your business needs are, but I could take a guess that you are probably looking for ways to simplify your systems. And maybe you have your emails in one area and you do your courses in another area or You also have random forms that you use in another area. And let's be honest, when you have so much going on in so many different places, you're going to lose people in the shuffle and we don't want that to happen anymore. So I have something to offer you. I want you to test it out. I want you to tell us what you think and I want to give you 14 days of Kajabi totally free. Test it out, play around with it, see what you like. Get used to using this system because I'm going to tell you, once you start, you're going to love it. So if you want to take advantage of the 14-day trial, I need you to click on the show notes. Use that link and get started today. Kajabi, it is a game changer. You're going to love it.
1: Okay, so people always go oh, like I'm a whatever, it's a bad one, <laughs> you know? Like, is there a bad, and people say that to me, they're like, oh, I'm a whatever, I'm a nine, right? Like I'm the peacemaker, you know? There's not a
2: bad one, there is not. And Enneagram is to help us with perspective, right? Yeah. To see like where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and not for to put us in a box. It is not a diagnosis like, oh, you're a nine, you're indecisive, no. Mm-hmm. That is not the point. This is like, you know, when you go to the mall and you're like, oh, I want to go to this store. And then you go to the kiosk and it says, you are here. Yeah. That's, oh, is. Here you are in relation to where you want to go. And I know for me that my path to where I want to go is going to look different than maybe your path for where you want to go. Because mm-hmm. I may want to go to where you actually are and you might want to come to where I'm at. Does
1: mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: So the excuse of, uh, or the, like the reasoning of my number sucks that's not true. Every single number is beautiful. Every single number brings beauty and uh, complexity to the, to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, there's no like uh, odd man out. There is no stinker of a number. There is healthy numbers and there are unhealthy numbers. And if you look at any of the numbers um, and you look at like lower level unhealth, mm-hmm. you're going to make up that every number is right. The, right. But if you're just the strengths, you'd be like, man, they all rock. Yeah. They're all
1: amazing. Right. I never remember taking the initial Enneagram and crying or not taking, was it when I took it or when I read my section in the road back to you and the part in there that triggered so much emotion for me was when it said, what was it? You never actually stopped to enjoy the moment. You are always on to the next you and you like suppress like joy, you know, because your whole life is just achieving more and more and more that you actually miss the simplicity. And I was like, I hate that about myself. It's a good thing. It's like a blessing and a curse. And so I found that that was kind of a a moment for me where I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't actually know how to turn that off. I feel like I'm like stuck in the middle. So how would you coach me on how to work through that situation? Well, first
2: I'd say there's nothing wrong with where you are
1: (laughs) at all.
2: You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And if we start from that place, because when we just set, when we think for a second that we're bad, broken and wrong, that's mm-hmm. just shame and shame ultimately serves us to shut us down. That's where it, that's the, the purpose of shame. Yeah. Right. So we start from ground zero that it, where I'm at is perfect. And then I look at, I think of threes kind of like, as you're talking, this is the picture I think in pictures. So okay. there you go. <laughs> yep. Like a beautiful mallard, right? They're so pretty, right? They're like, they're cut, their heads all green. They've got the white little thing. They're beautiful. And on the water, they just look majestic, magical, Mm -hmm. right? But under the water, their feet are just like, you know, working real hard, double time. It makes me think of when a three has hooked, believed that their worthiness or enoughness comes from what they produce, like what they do versus what they are. The amount of motivation to keep doing the things is immense. The thought of stopping and letting the feet just relax in the water for a minute and enjoy the pond and enjoy the the steam as it rises off the water and the beautiful sunrise and just be present can feel like a threat to who you are. Mm -hmm. But the thing is who you are is Melanie. Melanie is perfect. She's enough as is. Like enough isn't even a thing. You just are. Mm
0: -hmm. And so when
2: you can get to a place where you value that. So here's the thing. You've probably had, I don't know, 10 million times that you've run this scenario in your head. I do this thing, I'm good. Not consciously, right? When you were little, I'm making up. I don't know your upbringing, but this is what I make up. Oh, Melanie, you got an A-plus on your test. What a good job. Hey, you got a soccer goal, good job, right? And then maybe you hit your brother and there was silence, right? That whole like, I'm only giving praise to good behavior or the only time that some threes got attention was when they were performing when they were doing, right? Otherwise, it was kind of like there wasn't a lot of, what. not that there wasn't attention or wasn't love and appreciation for who you are, but it's what your brain, your particular brain picked up and made sense of the world when you were little. And you think about when you're little, you don't have the logic to break free from it. When you tell a five-year-old that there is a man who is immortal evidently and can slide down your chimney and leave Christmas presents around the world in one night and then he lives... And flying in, uh, you know, reindeer. Like you believe it, Mm -hmm. you believe it because you don't have your prefrontal cortex. You don't have logic to help you go. You know, if you told a thirty-year-old, "Hey, guess what? There's a guy, Santa Claus," and they would look at you like you're insane.
1: Right. Right. Like
2: personality development. Same scenario. Right. You see something, you view it through your little eyeballs, and you go, "Oh, when I do this, I I feel love. I feel attention. I feel like I'm really good. I feel special." right? And so we start to reproduce that same scenario over and over again. And as we reproduce over and over again, we get these really great neural pathways that become super highways in our brain and it just makes sense to us. So for you, doing something to produce equals value. Value feels good.
1: Yeah.
2: So for you, it's rewriting that, creating that new neural pathway, recreating how many times you go to the to-do list, to the swoosh. And for that to- value instead of being like, that's not value. That's just what I did. Mm -hmm. Something for a three little handy tip, literally for anybody on your to-do list at the top of it, write a to-be list, write all the things you want to be that day. Look at that. Every time you go back to that to-do list, just go, okay, who I want to be today. I really want to be connected. I really want to be a generous listener. I really want to be basically all those things on your deathbed that you're going to be like, what was my life? All those being things, Adding it to the list, not in a way to like accomplish and like slay your to-do list, but actually to embrace that being is just as valuable, if not more valuable than doing.
3: Hmm.
2: And you start to create new neural pathways, which will take a lot of repetition. But then when you have a scenario, you'll start to interpret that information differently. You will be able to then instead of it feeling like, oh, what a garbage day, you'd be like, actually, I had a wonderful day.
0: Hmm. And I
2: chose to sit on the couch and play with my kid and I was enough. It was
1: perfect. I love that. I feel like I just did that, not even knowing what I was doing. I made this post, maybe it was last week or the week before, and it was all the things I accomplished for the day instead of all the things I didn't accomplish, but I put things on there like I didn't yell at my kids. Like I was like focusing on, I was a patient mom today, you know? So Yeah. Yep. We'll see the negative stuff
3: Uh
2: and remember the negative stuff. Right. we won't remember the positive stuff unless we really think on it. I think it's 13 seconds because oh. if you think know about what your brain does, it collects information that's useful for your survival. Wow. What's useful for your survival? Dangerous stuff. Yeah. Like I'll repeat that. I'll remember it. Do we remember the, sh- the moment of sheer joy that when your kid gave you a hug and said, love you, mommy. And there was that second where you're like, oh, that was awesome. like
1: awesome. Yeah. But yeah. like holding it in your brain, mm-hmm.
2: down to 10, holding it into your brain and be like, okay, I, I want it to register in here.
1: Yeah. I love that. So good. I want to like do this for every single person out, but we don't have the time to go through all of them, but that was great. That was awesome. I loved every piece of advice that you gave. It was like spot on. So thank you. I will totally use that, but let's flip it. Let's, let's, you know, kind of look at, I get this comment frequently, you know, especially is it a Seven, which one's the one that loves to have fun? Seven, right? Oh, that's just my personality, right? I'm not organized or I, you know, like if they just kind of use that fun, loving or whatever their personality style is, whatever kind of their negative drawback that they see, they let that actually be an excuse or a reason to not, to not fulfill the goals that they've set for themselves, especially in their business. So how do you kind of work through that?
2: So first I would just ask them, Can I offer you some feedback, Mm -hmm. right? Asking for permission before you, you know, and if you were in like a leader position, leadership or a friendship position, you can tell them how that's affecting you, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: how you're experiencing them. And I think using the word, the way I experience you is this versus this is what you're doing. Because again, I'm looking through my, my colored glasses at what the situation is. And I could be absolutely wrong. And I have been many, many times right? Now, when they say like, well, that's just my seven, or it's just my one, I can't leave it, or it's just my nine, I can't make a decision, challenging that, challenging it like, okay, up until now, you haven't been organized. Is that what you want in the future? Mm -hmm. Up until now, it's been hard for you to make decisions. Are you good with that? Is that what you want the future coming towards you? Do you want, because you get to choose your future, right? Every given moment, we are building our future. If we don't, if we're not purposeful about where we want to go, we end up with more of the same. So I think that where it gets threatening is that we like to um, have control. Our egos love to look good, feel good, and be right and be in control. Well, nothing says control like wrapping ourselves up in our personality. Our personality is not who we are. It's our coping mechanism that we developed as children. So the goal of the Enneagram is not that we camp out in our number and be like, this is me. It's actually... This is where I'm starting and I'm actually growing to basically encompass all of them. Be able to move around all of the personality traits, be able to have all of those good characteristics. So someone who is not organized, up until now, you haven't been organized. Yeah. Up, you know, type one or type eight, up until now, you haven't felt comfortable being vulnerable. Up until now, five, you've had a hard time spending money. Up until now, right? That using that phrase, up until now, tells your brain to look for new options. It's like throwing a flag on the play. Like you've decided it's so. Well, guess what happens when you decide it's so? Your brain looks for more opportunities to make that true. So if I'm I'm always late, that's just my seven. I'm I'm always late. Okay, Uh, can I offer you some feedback? This is how I experience you being late and this is how it's costing me. Would you be on time? Then there's an opportunity for a boundary.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: If you cannot be on time, then like we're not going to make... Right. Yeah. Like you, you don't have to be a doormat. And it's not about, it's offering solicited, right? We asked for feedback. Yeah. Challenge, support and challenge. We need to, they need to be like equal parts support. Mm-hmm. And we love you. I see it costing you in this way. Do you want it to be any different? Because we have this idea of who we are, but that really it's like, it's based on our personality. We don't, we, we are constantly changing if we allow ourselves to. about
1: that. I love, and then the up until now, it's really addressing sort of that break of this is the past, this is the new that we're moving into, and we have the ability to make a choice of where we want to go from here.
2: It's just freedom to experiment. Up until now, I don't like wearing pink lipstick. Okay, well, what if you do? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah.
0: A lot lot of, of freedom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So- I could sit here and talk to you all day long. i totally enjoying our chat, but I do want people to know if they want to get more of Jamie, if they really, if they would like to explore opportunities to work with you or get to know you better. Can you kind of walk them through a little bit of where they can find you, what you do, um, um, and just yeah, where they can find you. So you can find me on
2: Instagram, at Jamie Gordon Life Coaching, um, or on my website, jamiegordonlifecoaching.com. Um, I work with individuals and there's nothing like off board. I work with individuals who are dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I deal with people who just want the next thing in their life, new business venture transition. There's literally anything that you want new in your life. I'm just like that co-pilot with you. And it's not about more better, best, right? It's about creating something new. And so I work with my clients to create quarterly visions where they purpose out what they want to produce in their life. And then they develop a character trait that would help them get there. So I think that's a little bit something that I just found really resourceful for myself yeah. that I just, and the cool part is, is that when you pick one area, say you want to start a new business and you decide that diligence is the character quality you're going to develop. that you actually start to develop that everywhere because you can't pee in part of the pool, right? <laughs> so, as you, or maybe it's connection, right? Yeah. Maybe you're, in a roommate relationship with your husband and you start to learn to connect with yourself and connect with your husband and connect with your coworkers and connect there. It's just amazing what can happen when we just tell our brains what's important. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you focus on that. That becomes the focus of the coaching throughout that quarter is that character trait. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we just through all the things that get us stuck
1: along the way, Mm -hmm. you know, things that we can't see ourselves. And It's so true. It really, your success in business that you can find, you know, you can go out there, you can have a great business coach, somebody that knows the strategy, has built what you want to build. But if you're standing in your own way, it doesn't matter how much, you know, you invest in, but if if you're your own roadblock, right?
2: Absolutely, right? The easiest person to fool is yourself. And we find that all the time, right? I'm sure you, you find that in your coaching where people are like, I'm doing this stuff and I don't know why this isn't working or I get up to this point and then I just can't ask for the business, right? Those things are toggled
1: to just some beliefs that just need to get yeah. cleaned up. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so true, hundred percent true. So, well, thank you so much for your time with us today. It was great chatting with you on the Make She Happen podcast. And I'll make sure to link in our show notes where people can find you, your website, your Instagram handle, uh, and people can go check you out. So, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ersta. If you loved our podcast, be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.